This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne. So the season is finally upon us. For some, it's already started. Saturdays take on their regular routine again for many. Although we have a little longer to wait for England's senior men to get started. 7th of September to be precise, when Bulgaria come to Wembley. Then we don't have to wait long before the next game, as it's the following Tuesday when the majority of us will be travelling down to Southampton for the Kosovo game. Nearer the time, we'll have our usual preview pod for both of those games. Now, coming up on this episode, we speak with the author of England, the Complete Record book, Jack Gordon Brown. And don't forget, the last episode is still available, where we spoke with England fan and TV presenter Steve Hopper. Now, following up on that last podcast... The Paralions played their third and fourth place match in the Cerebral Palsy World Cup. It was against Brazil. Sadly, didn't go our way, as Brazil ran out 4-1 winners. What is it about that third and fourth place match? We just can't get over the line at the moment. And as well, I think the last time we spoke, the young Lionesses had lost to Germany in their first under-19s UEFA Women's Finals match. They then lost to holders Spain on the 19th of July by a goal to nil and they were effectively out. But the small matter of the final game against Belgium on the 22nd of July was a chance to restore some pride. In which they did, winning 1-0 with a goal from Ebony Salmon. France went on to beat Germany in the final of that tournament. Now England, as a nation, we have a lot of different sides. But the men's seniors down through to the youth sides, likewise the same with the women. Then there's the futsal side too, there are the para sides. And in the past we've spoken with Dan English, captain of the blind side. But also under the England umbrella is the beach football side. Hey, it's holiday season. Who doesn't like a kickabout on the beach? Well, the national side have been involved in a tournament in Saudi Arabia, where frankly sand isn't hard to come by. Uh, It was called the Neom Beach Soccer Cup. We were soundly beaten by the UAE 4-1. Then Oman beat us 3-0. We did beat China 4-3 to finish in fifth place. Egypt went on to beat Oman in the final, as I'm sure you need to know. And I'm sure it won't come as a surprise if I told you there is in fact a FIFA Beach World Cup. And qualifiers have recently taken place for that. Although for whatever reason, England were not involved. As a nation, we are ranked 37th in the world. And that World Cup will take place in Paraguay in November this year. Uh, Have a look at beachsoccer.com for more information if that floats your boat. And as well, I'm hoping to maybe in the future speak with one of the England players or someone from the England setup about the England beach side. Should be a bit interesting. Now back to the senior men. Many travel club members will be looking forward to the away doubleheader in October for that first game against the Czech Republic in Prague. 
The Supporters Club done a great job by increasing the initial allocation of 1,169 tickets to 3,705 for this match. Now, 3,005 of those are going to be priced at 35 quid, whilst the rest are an eye-stalking £95. Uh, I've got in there quick, I have a £35 one against my name. The following game against Bulgaria in Sofia, last time we spoke, was subject to a UEFA hearing following racist chanting from Bulgarian supporters whilst they played Kosovo. Now, the result of the hearing was a partial stadium closure. The Bulgarian FA have been told to block off 5,000 seats covered by a banner saying, hashtag equal game, which takes the capacity down to about 40,000, Frankly, can't imagine a banner will cause much impact within the game with racism still holding its head above the parapet in some parts of the world. Montenegro were forced to play one of their matches behind closed doors recently following the racism that Raheem Sterling experienced in our 5-1 win out there. So it does seem a little bit double standards. On the plus side, it does mean that England fans going will get the opportunity to see that game. On the player front, it's been a quiet transfer window for England internationals. Obviously, Harry Maguire's switch from Leicester to Manchester United has gained the most attention. We all know what he's capable of. No disrespect to Leicester. But hopefully, this will give him more opportunities to progress as a player. More European football. But will he still be looked upon in the same light by England fans as he was at Leicester? Tom Heaton, whilst not exactly an England regular, moved from Burnley to Villa. Fabian Delph, one of Gareth Southgate's favourites, moved from champions Manchester City. He's gone to Everton. And one that caught my eye was Kieran Trippier, moving from Tottenham to Atletico Madrid. By all accounts, he's gone with his eyes wide open and embracing life in a different country. Envious? Yeah, I sure am. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, really. Perhaps looking at it as players still have that stability that they knew last year. Or I could just be barking up the wrong tree. What do I know about footballers? And the under-21s. The 2021 European Championships qualification matches are starting to be allocated venues. Kosovo at home on the 9th of September will be played at Hull. And on the 15th of October, we play Austria at Stadium MK. Milton Keynes. I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions podcast Jack Gordon Brown, author or one of the authors, along with Philip Ross of the England The Complete Record book. Jack, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Russell. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, all good. Can't complain. It's a nice day outside. So. Isn't it just? Mm. The book, England, The Complete Record, uh, has got your name to it. It has, uh, yeah. Alongside Phillips. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and we can get into, into the book, as it were. Yeah, so I've been working for a sports book publishers called De Kubitan for going on three years now. And when I, when I joined the company in 2016, I started working for James Corbett. Uh, James has written a number of sports books. He's, he's, he's a journalist primarily covering football. And he had written a book probably about 
10 years ago now called England Express, Expects, which was sort of a narrative history of the England national team. And, and, and with that book, he'd been collecting a load of statistical data on the England national team uh, throughout the years, most results up to, I think it was about 2006. And he'd been doing this with a friend of his called Philip Ross, who was obviously the co-author co of this book. And so when he actually published England Expects, the whole, uh, him and his publisher at the time, which was Penguin, I think, they didn't end up publishing the results. Uh, but James and Philip still still kept on collecting them in sort of the intervening years. And I, I worked with James and Phil on another project when I first came to Decoupertown, which was an oral history of Everton Football Club. And then, but James and Phil had always had this plan to do a statistical book on the history of the England national team, which they did. And so I worked with Phil probably most of 2017 and a lot of 2018 on putting together this uh, England complete record. Phil's sort of a little bit more the stats man than I. I, I sort of... Uh, did a lot of the, the writing and right. yeah so it was just as you see in, in the book this a year by year breakdown of the England national team and then we'll publish the results from every year and also Phil for a long time has been collating uh, the results of the women's team which published I think all in one place for the fir first time in a book in book form uh, so we, we went from their first official game in 1972 to 2018 when the book was published which obviously means we've not got the, the latest world cup and stuff but uh, all the results in that period yeah it's a, a real great book and one of the things that i i do particularly like about it and, and you just mentioned it there was the fact that they're done the results are done yearly as opposed to sort of seasonally there's it's not mm -hmm. 2017-2018 it is yeah. the year 2017 which which makes it a, a little bit easier I think to to cast your eye over and, and pick out what happened mm -hmm. um, I, I like that way of, of doing it the the book I mean there are plenty of sort of England books around what, what one what sort of makes this one stand out from the others I think yeah I think it's just the the, the, the sheer weight of results that we've got in there as I said I mean James, James himself has, has written a book on the narrative history but just uh, having results for uh, all the men's results throughout history then all the women's results a lot, lot of the under 21s and their tournament appearances I think obviously you mentioned you mentioned before off air to me that you'd spoken to like the guys at England stats and we're, we're a lot of there's a lot of websites like that around England football online England yeah. stats RSSF and me and Phil have sort of used that data an awful lot and find it incredibly useful. And we, we're, we're aware of how much of this existed online. And Phil himself is sort of a bit of an expert in newspaper archives. And But at the same time, we, we were wary that this hadn't really been published all in one place in book form, which, you know, for people buying it, would just be able to pick up and just, as you say, go to like 1972 or for argument's sake and find all the results from that. But also we felt we could tell a bit of a story in there as well with sort of accompanying text for, for each year. Do you find people, their reaction to books against websites? Is there a, do you find people prefer books or, or are websites more easier for people to look at? I mean, I think in, in the modern day, I guess, far more, <laughs> I mean, everyone's online. It, mm. it, is, it is very easy to just to pop online and something but I think a book does act as an excellent reference point and one thing we did find throughout the process is there might be three or four different websites that also specialize in England results and 
they're sort of occasionally you pick on on something where they had slightly differing accounts of what happened and then me and phil had, had, we do our research and then decide what we think happened based on maybe like the general consensus or fill find a newspaper report and say well actually no it was this so i think so obviously all the websites are brilliant and they've been a real help to us but i think it can be quite confusing sometimes when a different website might have this different bit to another one whether as we we felt the book almost provides a really great overview for it all and we can compile different bits and different bits of information from from all over the place really and then it almost provides like that broader sort of outlook on on the history of england in its various different guises yeah no, it's, it's, it's something you can just pick up. I've, I've got it in my hand here, and I've mm-hmm. turned to what am I on page 148. It gives me 1989. Um, it gives me the text about that year. It's got the – I like as well the – there's a little diagram of the shirt as well in the corner. Yeah. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's laid out with the – with the text of that year and then at the bottom the match details mm-hmm. uh, the fact we started that year playing greece and, and ended up playing at, at yugoslavia and and that is the the continual way throughout the book and it is a really great great piece of reference i'm just flick forward to oh, 2001 we uh <laughs> there it is pick out the 5-1 <laughs> yeah. um, in munich which we all remember so well uh, but you mentioned the the women's at the at the back mm-hmm which I know from personal experience is is a bit of an untapped market. Yeah. Uh, well, not market, I say, it's probably the wrong the yeah. wrong turn of phrase, but an untapped area um, through doing my own website, englandlionesses.com. There yeah. is so much information out there. It's just hard to to come by it all. And I'm, I'm sure you've been on the women's or the, uh, the men's, that research by... Sort of looking into old history i've taken trips to the british library mm-hmm. and dug around there I'm, I'm guessing you've done sort of similar sort of stuff yeah i mean for, yeah we, we found like loads of uh loads of our archive newspaper material which which as as, as you'll see like leads to uh, we found some information about obviously the, england's first official game at the women's team was in 1972 um, mm. Obviously, women have been banned playing from like 1921 to the start of the 1970s by the FA, which is an incredibly backwards move. But we we went over and found uh, an article which shows England playing an unofficial game against Scotland uh, on the 7th of May 1881, which they lost 3-0 in Edinburgh. Wow. And, you, you know, the Scotsman newspaper at the time, maybe quite unsurprisingly, described it as the most unfeminine exhibition. But, you know, there was a crowd of over a thousand people at that game and they played each other a few weeks later as well. And there was a crowd of over 5,000. The game was actually postponed because of fan violence in the end, but <laughs> <laughs> which I, I guess is maybe a bit of a recurring theme and it's happened before uh, with England. But yeah, it shows you that there's, I mean, there's always been an appetite for the women's game and for players to play, but, and which again, uh, sort of our research took us to World War One when, when the men away, uh, there was loads of women's game going on, teams like Dick Kerr, ladies who regularly get five-figure crowds. But then in 1921, once the war was done, suddenly there was this ban imposed by the FA. But yeah, so it shows like, obviously women's football is getting far, far bigger again now and it's continued to grow. But I mean, 
the appetite has always been there. It's just there's, yeah. there's been barriers in place to stop it. But yeah, so we, it's, it's great going back through the archives and finding little nuggets like that. And England's record against Scotland uh, since the games have been official in 1970 has been has <laughs> been brilliant. In the very fairly lost, positive, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I've never only lost twice to Scotland. Once in a friendly, and I think it was 79, and then in 2011. But obviously, they lost their first ever game, or the, the first game we can find any records of in in 1881. Yeah. The and we mentioned like the the England under twenty ones, the under twenty threes as well, which is a, a non existent side as well. I think now, isn't it? The under twenty threes. I mean, is is that sort of information? Do the FA have that sort of information, or, or was, um, are they able to hand that across, or or did you go digging yourself? Yeah, we, we we didn't get any information from the FA in that regard. I mean, obviously, sometimes the FA's own website has some information, but it, it's not exactly littered with like historical references so yeah again that was sort of digging through the archives and phil phil himself is excellent with that he he i mean he keeps a lot of records himself and he, he has been back through new newspaper archives and sort of again piecing together various different bits from different websites eventually uh we could come come up with like what what we believe to be as as close to the full, full picture as we uh, as, as you can get yeah what was the piece of information that you came across and sort of thought wow we've got something here that that maybe we weren't aware of or nobody else was aware of has any been those sort of moments i I think i'd I'd have to go back to uh that game against scotland again for the women's side that i mean there were there are lots of little, little nuggets throughout the book but but that one in particular finding sort of as you, if you see it was it's over 90 years before uh England's women's team played any official games. I mean, that's a staggering amount. You go from 1881 mm. to 1972. And I think that was a real st- standout bit of information. It was like, wow, they, there, w- there was evidence of games here. And I mean, and no one really knows about it. So, yeah, I mean, I think there was, there's loads of stuff throughout uh, the book, but that was the one that I think it's it all credits Phil for finding that one that really stood out for us in terms of like, most people will have never seen this or heard of this before. Yeah. One of the things that always just interested in when you pick up the book, its last reference for, for the England seniors is the third and fourth place against Belgium in mm-hmm. last year's World Cup. So from from that game, what's what's the process of getting a book published? How long did it take from that game until it was physically in in your hands so that game was obviously in the summer of 2018 uh it would have been july right and saying yes uh, i should know that but yeah so the book was out came out around october time and so we we obviously we wanted to include the world cup that that was like the end point for us like mm. we've been we've been doing this book for over a year now it's been in the process for 18 months or so it makes sense to finish on like a major tournament like that because there's no point in just missing out the world cup and releasing it just before uh so yeah we would have once that belgian game uh was finished we like we inputted the last information of the information i obviously wrote a, a, a little bit for the two the year 2018 and and then we would have sent the book to the printers in august and then you, you have like one month period where the printers get everything ready and then so that yeah that usually takes three or four weeks and then they ship it to you so yeah we we will have 
had everything completed by August of 2018 once the World Cup was done and dusted. And yeah, the book was out before Christmas of that year, sort of October time. Gotcha. And what, what was the reaction to it? Yeah, it was it was really good. I think there were, we had a really good initial sales with because, I mean, there's not always been uh, loads of positivity surrounding the England national team, as I'm sure you well know. But the <laughs> 2018, yeah, the 2018 World Cup, uh, there was an awful lot of feel good surrounding the, t- the team. Obviously, getting to the semi-finals and like probably best performance in a long, long time. Maybe you're looking at Italia '90, the last time the England team captured the nation. So, so yeah, before Christmas, we had we had, we had a, re- a, lot, a lot of sales, and yeah. We, in general, we've, we've we've had various people emailing in, sort of saying, "Love this little nugget" and stuff like that. But yeah, so the reaction, especially after the feel-good summer of 2018, was good. And hopefully, maybe a little bit further down the line, we could maybe do another edition with an, another 10 years of info. The England national team are continuing to to impress, but yeah. That's, well, that's it's, as you say, it's published through De Coubertin Sports. Yeah. Where can people purchase the book from if, if they wanted to? Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's available uh, on Amazon. But yeah, if you, if you go on the De Coubertin Books website, it's available on there. Uh, so yeah, I'd say that, I mean, book that it has been available in bookshops, but probably the easiest place to get it from is our website, followed uh, quickly by Amazon. Right. So, um, and what about yourself? What's what's next on the agenda for you, writing wise? Uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a general editor at Decubitan. So since I've been here for the last uh, three years or so, I've been involved with, as I mentioned, the Everton oral history, the incomplete record. Uh, I recently ghost wrote the autobiography of the former Zimbabwean wicketkeeper, cricket wicketkeeper, called uh, Taibu. Because oh, right. yeah, he he's led, he's, he's led an interesting life where. He was sort of the youngest ever uh, test captain in the history of the game and the first ever black players captain Zimbabwe in the sport. But sort of two years later, he was quitting because uh, of threats from people linked to Robert Mugabe's government after he made a bit his own stand. So I've just finished doing that. And But in general, uh, I've been working on books for Dekubitan. So we're releasing Perma, Sakharin, Clive Allen's autobiographies later this year. Nice. Uh, obviously, Clive himself never quite happened for him in an England shirt. Uh, I think he played. He played five times and didn't score. He obviously, a bit being a striker in the era of Gary Lineker meant that his opportunities were limited. But yeah, we've got his book coming out. So there's plenty of other projects we're working on as well. We've just, in fact, we've just sent a, a book off to the printers, the autobiography of Colin Granger, who's the last surviving member of the England team that beat Brazil in 1956. Okay, and then Brazil went on to win the World Cup in '58. Uh, Co- Colin was. A singer as well as a footballer so and it was actually uh he played he was on england duty in the 50s and they were i think celebrating a victory uh, in a bar after a, after a match and colin got up to sing and and nat and nat lofthouse actually encouraged him like sort of listen to him sing. It was like this he's got an amazing voice and there's nat lofthouse who then on uh, sort of tours afterwards can really sort of pushed him to continue in this profession and he ended up being a ballroom singer alongside being a professional footballer uh so he he he, he shared a, a bill with the Beatles and then obviously played with Duncan Edwards played with Stanley Matthews uh so yeah uh he played seven times for England scored three goals including two against Brazil two years before they went to win the World Cup he's got loads of great stories of playing with Matthews Edwards Tommy Taylor 
so yeah, we've got that coming out later in the year. Which... That sound, sounds like an interesting read. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can we, we'll, we'll get your copy over uh, when it's yeah. out. That'd be great. That book again is called England, The Complete Record, 1872-2018, to written by Jack Gordon Brown and Philip Ross and published through De Coubertin Books. We'd encourage anyone uh, with even even just a passing interest in the England national team, whether it, whether it be all the teams, whether you've got particular interest in the men's, the women's, the under-21s, we like to think we've got everything covered here. We, we, as I said, we do a, a year-by-year uh, list of scores we we tell a bit of a narrative history uh we come up with many as, as many interesting facts as we can uh using all the data we have and inc- uh, incredibly up to date including england's last uh major tournament so yeah uh we just like to say that anyone who follows the england national team with semi-regularity purchased the book great stuff i will uh, i'll put a link to it on our through our um, social media pages as to where they can purchase it. Jack, if if anyone wants to to get in touch with you, are you open to that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So my email is Jack at decubertan, which is d e c o u b e r t i n dot co dot uk. Lovely. Well, thank you very much, and I, uh, I wish you all the very best with uh, future endeavours. Thank you very much, Russell. there we have it thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed it thanks to jack gordon brown for his time and insight and you can find more information on the book and others at decubertin.co.uk and as i mentioned we'll link to those on our own social media as always please do subscribe at your podcast provider tell your friends and you can find us on twitter at three lions podcast search also facebook and also three lions podcast.com happy new season to you And I'll catch up with you again soon. Until then, cheers. Cheers.